0: Welcome to the Heartbeat for Hire podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Dowd. My goal is to help train leaders and sales organizations how to manage and deliver results with empathy, compassion, and kindness. Let's get started. Attention, visionary leaders. Are you ready to elevate your leadership style and create an exceptional workplace that stands out from the crowd? I'm here to introduce you to a game-changing resource that will transform the way you lead and shape your company culture. It's time to embrace the power of top-down culture. This practical guide empowers your leadership for lasting success, helping you create a workplace where everyone thrives. Get top-down culture today and let's reshape the future of leadership together. Greetings and welcome to this episode of Heartbeat for Hire, I am so excited to bring our guest to you today. Celeste Murgans is a global thought leader helping people be the change they want to be in the world. She's an author, sought after speaker, consultant, and the founder of Days for Girls, a global award-winning organization. Days for Girls has reached more than 3 million women and girls in 145 countries, championing women's health and menstrual equity. She has been featured in Oprah's O Magazine and Forbes and has been named Conscious Company Global Impact Entrepreneur, Top 10 Women, and Women's Economic Forum's Women of the Decade, to name a few. Her highly anticipated book, which is out now, The Power of Days, A Story of Resilience, Dignity, and the Fight for Women's Equity, comes out October 3rd, which is yesterday, sharing proof That we can all make a difference. Celeste, I am so happy to have you here. Welcome. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, it's my pleasure. So I know your story, but for those that aren't familiar, could you share a little bit about your background?
1: Sure. I had what I call the gift now of being raised in poverty. So learning to be resourceful and, and importantly, learning to recognize not to other each other, to instead look for the strengths within each other and to truly understand we're not our circumstances. And that led to many beautiful experiences. And one of them was the gift of being able to say yes to going to Kenya. And that resulted in a surprising question that came to mind in the middle of the night that led to learning about the issue of global menstrual inequity. It's been an amazing aha and and a real gift to be part of this global movement.
0: So, For those, I mean, this is typically more of a business show, but I want really to impress upon our audience why they should care about this. Why is
1: this even an issue? It really does affect business um, and the gross national product of of whole countries. Did you know that an estimated 500 million people with period space not having what they need every month, which creates loss for opportunity, education, dignity, health, and, of course, being able to show up at work with all of your concentration or even to show up at all. So it does affect business. And here's the thing, that there are a lot of things that are hard to change in the world. And the consequences are shame, blame, horrible ostracization, and we can change this in our lifetimes. This is one of the things that we can change now. What the business lesson is from Days for Girls is imagine something we don't even want to talk about that becomes a global movement. And so if you can, it's like the New York, New York of organizations and of issues. If you can talk about periods and get people to engage this, really one of the world's most prevalent um Taboos. If you can make that happen, um, we can do anything when we come together. So it's really proof of how communications that are about the individuals, not about your business, but about how they can have impact and why it matters is is a huge shift maker. And and it turns out that having what you need does give you opportunity back, gives you strength and helps people engage in their communities in a way that not only benefits them, but their entire family and community. So who would have guessed something we don't even want to talk about is such a big change maker.
0: It it really is. And I I think, you know, your point of um, normalizing this and making it um, an easier to talk about thing, not a taboo, really does change the access for people. And it makes people understand that it's more a much more prevalent much more profound issue and their entire population is affected whether you are a mother a daughter a sister an aunt a friend um i mean more than 50 percent of the world deals with this problem so it really ought to be something we could talk about so what was the question that came to mind in kenya that brought on this this passion for you
1: You know, I had been working on global sustainable practices that were community driven. What does that mean? That means I was helping a remote community consider questions. What would help move the needle most to their community doing better and solutions that they would hold instead of someone from the outside holding and managing. And so we bring like five solutions and then they would choose one and fast forward I had been invited to see an orphanage in Kenya and fell in love with the kids, couldn't take them all home. So we started bringing those sustainable solutions to them. So imagine that in 2008, half a million people were displaced by post-election violence there. It became, you know, everyone distrusted the results and, you know, brothers fought brothers. It was horrible. And in that process, this orphanage exploded in population. And now there were not enough resources. So imagine in the process of asking how I could somehow create and find a way to make more resources so they would have food to eat. Um, I wake up at 2.30 in the morning with it going through my mind. Have you asked what the girls are doing for feminine hygiene? Today we call it menstrual care products. and But that's what came to mind. I ran to the computer going <gasps> and hadn't thought to ask that question. We just don't talk about it, right? And oh. and was mortified when I got the immediate answer, nothing, they wait in their rooms, and it turned out they were sitting on a piece of cardboard for days, no access to the classroom, not being able to care for themselves for days. I mean, I think we've all seen the
0: studies of countries that um, democratize education, and how much the population flourishes when there's access to education so keeping these kids out of school every month um, and missing big chunks of their education sets them back um halts progress halts evolution it's it's so painful to hear that that's just so heartbreaking now I know you're a mom. You don't have a small family. So, what was your family's reaction to this? Were they supportive? I mean,
1: tell everyone how many kids you have. <laughs> I have six children, amazing children who are involved and vibrant in their communities. And and you know what? Most of them had grown and had their own families happening at this point. And, and actually, their responses were all incredibly supportive. Like my youngest son was out talking to his school friends about it. And and it was remarkable how they responded. I I also think it's witness of, we feel, at least I felt, like you get a season and I thought I had chosen a family and a big one at that and and so the the intellect and educational capacity I have was just going to be like i made my choice and I was okay with that and it really is witness that actually you have a lot of seasons we have mm-hmm. a lot a lot of seasons and went on to be not only the founder but a global CEO and 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 now an author and it just really is proof that when we just lean in say yes do the next thing. Don't worry about if you're ready yet. Just show up with everything you have and educate yourself as much as you can along the way, and and bring people together that don't have the strengths you have, so that together you can really move the needle and effect change. Mm. It, the whole thing has been truly a witness of that.
0: I bet. So, what does Days for Girls do? And if people wanted
1: to get involved, can they? Absolutely. Days for Girls helps people have access to menstrual care products and health education. And we do this in two ways. Global volunteers step up and make Days for Girls kits with their own two hands, They're washable menstrual kits, as well as um, menstrual cups. Mostly we choose those over single use products for the majority of the response. And then in, in addition, we have social enterprise ventures that people in their own communities work to make sure that they have Um, they're making the pads and they're delivering education where they are and nonprofits can purchase those pads from them so these two arms come together to create reach in diverse um, places in the world and standing up wherever we are is turning out to be key to it we also have advocacy that we do helping to change taxation on period products excuse me Not on other things, you know, it's mind-boggling, but we help with that. And the truth is you can volunteer with a chapter or team and go, even if you don't sew, you can pack things, fold things, iron things, and you can help on the advocacy team. You can contribute directly so that we reach some of the remarkable places in the world helping leaders who are local in, in really extreme circumstances show up and give people their days back.
0: I I do want to talk about the book a a bunch, but I do want to just say, I think um, leaders have more power than they think. And I've witnessed a bit of a shift um, from when I was in corporate America. And um, I think my company at the time made all feminine care products free. Um, And so any bathroom you walked in and any building around the world, it was free. And that was a conscious decision. And we're seeing more of that. And I think leaders should be asking the question, how are we handling this? Um, I, I think it's, it's a simple change that can be done and it does make a pretty profound impact.
1: Um, is there anything else they should be thinking about? Yes. I think talking about me- now, just stay with me a moment here. Yeah. If we're afraid to talk about periods and you clearly aren't, so kudos to you taking it on. <laughs> if we're-, <laughs> <laughs> if we're afraid to talk about it. If we do that little, uh, then yeah. we're really, Perpetuating the shame and stigma. I mean, we don't want to talk about it here either. And what do homeless women do? What does someone choosing between fuel, fuel fuel in their tank to go to a job interview or pads do? So the truth is that that we're afraid. So honestly, just talking about it, making policy about it, making it a no brainer anymore, making it so that someone can carry a product into the bathroom and it's like. So what? Um, If we can shed the stigma of something that honestly connects us all without periods, there would be no people. Mm -hmm. If we can do that, then we can make stigma and shame a thing of the past about something that's basic and biological. We can make it, we can just go to the next thing. I feel like it truly is like the suffragette movement. We didn't get to do that. And today it's like, well, of course everyone would vote, Um, but we can do this one. This is something we in our lifetime and leaders do have a big voice in how that shift happens.
0: Well, I'm I'm glad we're using this platform to talk about it. So let's shift and talk a little bit about your book. I mean, the book is a collection of incredible stories. I think there's 65 um, in the book. Would you share
1: a little bit about kind of what the book is about and maybe a couple of the stories? Ooh, yes. Um, the book is really a memoir. It really captures some of the mindset, how my mindset grew to realize that real movement and development happens when we come together, not when we say, OK, you belong in that conversation, but not in this conversation. Right. And you are wrong. You need to do it this way. And it is our what default to go to. We're going to fix everything. But because of my experiences, I knew that doesn't help anybody shift like in there's a practice called Chopati which is where um, in parts of Western Nepal, Pakistan, um, India, where women are considered untouchable during their period and cursed. Mm -hmm. And this practice has been against the law since 2005, finable since the end of 2018, but it continues in Nepal and in Western Nepal in particular. And people die, girls and women die in these sheds, waiting snake bites, asphyxiation, cold exposure it's Nepal and you're not allowed to be with your family you're not allowed to be um you're supposed to be outside alone untouchable and they're doing it because they really believe that this will um this will protect their family they're not they're truly being heroic like I'm willing to risk my life to protect my family and when you instead of making them wrong against the law, say hey, what if we catched, kept our rich tradition and simply washed and richly cleansed the pad? What if everybody was able to interact? And it's worked. Over 19,000 women and girls have now been reached in communities or oh, even wow. tearing down the sheds with their own two hands. So including people in that conversation instead. Well, I love that you're inviting me to read a page. Lucky sure. me. I
0: read some summar, summarize I don't care just I know there's so many really incredible stories in the book and um I just love to give people a little snippet
1: best I would love to read a little bit from a moment that was from my childhood if you don't mind yeah that was a moment when I did that aha moment so yes and, that's really and I was hoping is. you'd tell the story anyway so yes please. Okay, good, perfect um I want to start where we're not going on for too long Stale, day tuna fish sandwiches, dry on the outside, mushy in the middle, would do us for days. When I was around five years old at one of the state parks, I was admiring the sparkle of the sun-drenched sidewalk, feeling its warmth on my bare feet, when the glint of a rhinestone collar on a small white dog caught my attention. The flash of its collar twinkled up the matching leash to the manicured hand of a woman holding a perfectly good, half-eaten apple. She stared down at me before throwing the fruit into a nearby garbage container. It had been a while since I'd eaten a meal. All I could think of was how delicious that apple would feel on my insides. I was working on a plan to rescue it from the dumpster and still find a way to climb back out. When I felt the woman looking me up and down, her nose crinkled as if she, I had just offered her a day-old and refrigerated tuna fish sandwich. Her eyes narrowed. Where are your shoes, girl? She asked. I stood as tall as I could. I'm toughening my feet, I said. The stranger didn't need to know that we were in between homes or that I had the unfortunate habit of wearing my shoes out on the sides or even that though my mother had shaved down the heels to level them, my latest pair were beyond rescue. Where were my shoes? I hadn't left them behind in the car or scattered on the patch of gravel. I had no shoes. It was as if I suddenly stood in front of a mirror and I saw myself reflected through the woman's eyes. When she looked at my bare feet and clothes much too small for my undersized frame, she saw a little girl unkempt and unworthy. I looked down at my dirty feet, and for just a moment I saw myself the way she did, and I felt small, poor, and ashamed. A sudden warm assurance came over me. I was more than what she saw. I wanted to tell her as much. I am not from here. I am not what you see. But when I looked up, she was gone. That moment scratched at me for years. I used to think of that woman as Corella Deville, the villain from one of the few movies I watched as a child. Did you see that one? Oh, yeah, of but course. <laughs> it wasn't until nearly recently that I finally saw the woman's momentous part in my life as a gift. At that very young age, I was shown a truth. We get to decide who we are. Was I simply a poor girl living wherever we landed or, was I more? And that still small assurance sustained and guided me. I was not my clothes, I was not my hunger, I was not my physical appearance, and I would later go on to learn that I am neither my abundance, positions, nor intellect, for better or worse, none of us are. We are not our economic circumstances, we are not our possessions, nor our trauma, it is not our circumstances, but our responses that shape and define who we are.
0: Oh, I love that. There's so many things in there. I just want (laughs) to dive in on. I mean, I'm hearing, you know, you are not your circumstances. You are not the things that happen to you. These are such important messages for, for really everybody to understand. And, you know, back to your earlier point of, we all have many seasons, you know, for you to recognize this moment for what it was and propel you forward into this new chapter in your life. I mean, the bravery and the, the courage to, to really stand in that, own it. You know, I think people look at poverty with shame and, you know, how, what'd you do to get there? And it's not, it that's not it, um, but it never defined you. And, you know, the, the lessons your children must have received from that wisdom has gotta be pro- pretty profound.
1: Oh, thank you. I, I kind of marvel that we don't even recognize the gifts and things that we go through as what they are when they happen, right? And how much it matters, what our mindset is, and importantly, that we can go back and reframe it, we can go back and go to those moments, usually traumatic moments, you know, how they have that almost stickiness to them, they almost have, you know, ultra chrome colored essence to them. And you can, who is there and what and if you go back to those moments I actually call it mind the gap um if you go back to those moments and you with the wisdom of right now look at them and say what can I be curious about this and what could I be grateful for yeah um I always marvel one how much energy you get back and two how much wisdom you find Mm. yeah
0: it's so true. I mean, one of the the most terrible things that happened to me in my career was getting fired. And, you know, the the shame that I felt when that happened, it took me a month to even be able to talk about it. And now it's my power. Now it's the, the fuel that propelled me in this new direction. And I wouldn't be doing this podcast if it weren't for that. Um, so, you know, it's those moments that shape you and really help you define who you want to be. Um, so you have a really um, interesting take on gratitude will
1: you share that <laughs> I think it's a superpower and I know everybody's talking about it now which yay I actually yeah. have in front of me a uh, scrabble another passion of mine thing of gratitude, yeah. and my license plate is g-r-a-t-a-2-d and um and the reason is because I think it's one of the keys to happiness. I also think it's one of the keys to healing. You know how, you know those moments when you're going to go get something and then you go, wait, what was I going to go get? Did you know that that is actually because we didn't stop long enough to make a memory of what we're going to go get? It was just like a fleeting, not quite enough to make a memory because it didn't feel important for that, right? Mm -hmm. So it takes just a tiny heartbeat according to psychologists and memory experts, to just make a memory. When you stop long enough to be grateful, you're making a happy memory for yourself. You're literally noting that something good happened in your life. And when you help others, you have A players, we tend to, as you know, race to the next goal. We're like, done, off. We don't even relace our shoes right we're just off to the next one because we love hitting those targets right it's like what we live for and and if you don't stop to go okay everybody we have to take this mountain let's just pause for a second you just took that mountain just look at what you just did Mm -hmm. okay now we can run to the next one if you don't do that you burn people out and they don't feel acknowledged even by themselves Mm -hmm. and it's so easy not to do that so to me Gratitude helps families, helps happiness, helps goals, changes trauma, um, and builds stronger teams. And it's one of those things we think of as a platitude, but it is so much more than that. And and one of the reasons that, despite many kinds of trauma in my life, I choose to see the blessings, and I choose to acknowledge the pain of things that have happened, and go, yes, I see that, I feel that, that's awful who process whatever I need to, but then lean into gratitude, because what we have that we can take from as ex- from experience is the gifts we choose to see from, them. Mm-hmm. we get to choose how we're going to see it, how we're going to frame it and what energy we're taking forward. That is the only choice we have, we can't choose everything that happens to us. But we can choose how we're going to step away from it, and gratitude helps you do that. So when people are saying gratitude, gratitude, if you're just tempted to little roll your eyes, it's actually for real, a really oh, I, powerful. I completely
0: agree, and I say this to my kids whenever we're in a funk, um, and that's really any of us. The fastest way to get yourself out of the funk is to do something for someone else, and mm-hmm. the second you can. Um, show them kindness or do something unexpected, it changes your mood just as much as it changes theirs. Um, it's, it's just a really profound way to A, do good in the world, but B, help yourself, even though you're helping someone else. Um, but yeah, I, I love that practice. And I think, you know, it really changes the way you see the world. Um, and, I, you know, I always say you choose how you react to things, no one can make you feel something, your your feelings can get hurt, but you choose how you respond. Um, and you looking at that moment of that woman looking down her nose at you, and being grateful for that moment is so powerful, and so defining in, in who you were going to be. Um, so I just applaud you for that. It's amazing gift, right? Mm -hmm. I'm really,
1: I really, truly am.
0: (laughs) So can you share a little bit about your view on transformation and miracles?
1: Yeah, I believe we should just expect them, like expect them, because they're real. So (laughs) they're going to happen, it might as well be in your life, we should expect them and look for the ways to show up for them. And I believe that involves showing up, asking, Asking is a big deal, like ask for the big audacious thing you want. When I first said, I think we should reach every girl everywhere, period. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like, come on, that's not measurable nor achievable, but it really is with correct solutions that work for them. Knowledge, education, everybody talking about it, repeat. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, today their whole governments and agencies and individuals. And, and so I believe miracles can happen, expect them, look for them, be grateful for them. Because what we appreciate, appreciates more starts happening because you're watching for it. You're looking for it. You're expecting it. And you're willing to ask things you might not ask otherwise, because, you know, amazing things can happen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, how when someone asks you something and you can feel there's a little, again, stickiness behind it, like, uh, like, and you're like, what's going on here? you feel a little suspect about it and someone else comes up and they're like, there is this amazing thing going on. Did you know that girls are sitting on pieces of cardboard and they never would have thought they'd talk about periods. And all of a sudden they're supporting it as a corporation Um, because there isn't that little edge of, uh, are you going to be okay with this? And so I think part of miracles is not telling What miracle you expect, but setting the goal you want and then letting the miracles happen because you keep showing up. Mm. And I think not getting in your own way because you're not um, quantifying what could happen. And by that, I mean, let's say you come to someone and you tell them this amazing idea that I really, really can see happening in the world. If you come, are you going to hate it? Are you going to think I'm bad? Are you going to judge me? Are you going to reject me? Room for doubt. Yeah. Exactly, but if you instead go are you one of the champions that are going to shift this in the world and if they go "Mm, thank you for telling me but you don't take it in you instead go i love that you will lean in for what matters to you because all the issues matter in this world so thank you for helping me know i mean in your mind who it is that i'm moving on to the next it's not Oh, he rejected me, but next. And thank you for how you're showing up because I see in you that you are willing to listen. So you are someone that shows up and can't wait to hear where it is you stand because mm-hmm. I'm now in support of that. Next. So it's part of the miracle is to be open and ask and go, what else could we do? Mm-hmm. What else could we do with hope instead of, I think one of the dangers right now that is so looming in my mind is is a propensity to other each other to say I I hate this about the in the world do you hate it too Mm -hmm. and also this I hate and are you one of the okay no you can't you're over there okay bye and and to separate each other putting everyone bought boxes yeah what you know that's so dangerous because we don't have to love the same things we don't have to think the same things and when we look for what we have in common and lean in there and be interested in each other and have real esteem for one another without like you are you in my column or not That's right we can create diverse kind of solutions the real diversity that is different strengths coming together and people making a difference from where their own strengths that has nothing to do with what we don't love and what we hate but what we would love to see more in the world does that make sense totally makes sense yeah and
0: I think now more than ever, that is such a needed mindset. Um, mm-hmm. It's so easy to polarize. It's so easy to say, you're not like me. You don't see the world my way. You're not politically in my familiar place. Like I, I think identifying the commonalities and identifying the things that make us alike um, is like gratitude. It's It's looking for the good. It's finding the ways you can relate. And I think everyone needs to find more of that. Um, it's not an us versus them world, and we mm-hmm. have to stop thinking like that. yeah, mm-hmm. so
1: you inspire me so much. What inspires you? Oh, so many things. i I would say I love watching people lean into their passion. That always gives me i I tell people what can I do to help? And I think they're like, yeah, she's just saying that. But genuinely, I love helping people get their passions. I actually am a woman of faith. So I I really truly believe, can I tell you one of the things that happened with the book? Yeah. So I've been feeling like, what else can I do? Because this book is transformative. It just has such powerful stories. And I know it will change a lot of lives and help us reach another million women and girls. Um, and so I've been like, what else can I do? I have to show up in a little bit edgy and anxious um which isn't my usual place but because it matters so much and and then I had this aha that actually I could do all the things and it wouldn't get it where it needs to be but this book can get to where it needs to be and and that I just need to let go I had this vision of this giant dandelion wisp with you know glowing white and big enough that it filled my whole palm with the stem and just that I I just hold it I've done the work. Now I hold it. And in my, in my vernacular, God is the wind or the Lord or the um, universe or source or whatever it is you choose. And that we don't have to be the movement makers. We just stand up where we are and be uniquely us Mm -hmm. and, and it can get where it needs to be. It's about knowing that, we can hold things from and come together trusting that it'll get to where it needs to go and it inspires me to know that that's true and it inspires me to have seen over and over again that Mm. sometimes when we let go that's the biggest moment of shift that happens Mm. and that inspires me
0: I love that um and what would you like your legacy to be I mean you are well deep in it but what would you like it to be
1: Oh, I would love for people to find ways to come together because they've seen again and again that it makes a change. Like I said, I think right now we're in a little bit of danger with the mindsets of separation that we're in. And and I believe that no other time in history could we create a bigger shift for good than right now. We have all the pieces. We could solve every problem we're having if we just came together with what we would love to have happen so I would love to have people leaning in for what they would love to see instead of for the divisions that that is my next and that is um what I would love to have happen as a result of some of the conversations I get to be part of
0: oh I love that and I I, like I said you're well on your way so Celeste Mm -hmm. how do people find your book how do they find you Oh,
1: thank you for asking. Anywhere that books are sold, uh, The Power of Days is available. Um, a Story of Resilience, Dignity, and the Fight for Women's Equity. The link is on my website, com, And um, and it would be great to have people join in and share what they think of the stories in here. I'm so looking forward to the conversations.
0: Oh, well, you have been a delight. Thank you for sharing your heart and your wisdom on this show. And, um, I'm just so grateful to you and for your stories and thank you for putting all of this out in the world. We need more of it. And, uh, guys go follow Celeste. She's on LinkedIn. She's on Insta. She's on all the things. Um, she is a delight and you won't be disappointed in following her. I hope you enjoyed this episode of heartbeat for hire. Stay tuned for more. Thanks Celeste. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Heartbeat for Hire. If you like what you hear, I'd love it if you'd subscribe and leave a five-star review. To keep the conversation going, you can find me on Insta or at LinkedIn at h 4 h or you can reach me at my website, heartbeatforhire.com. Thanks so much. Have a great day.